Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 31, verses 9 through 16. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye wastes away from grief, my soul and body also. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my misery and my bones waste away. I am the scorn of all my adversaries, a horror to my neighbors, an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I've passed out of mind like one who is dead. I've become like a broken vessel. For I hear the whispering of many, terror all around, as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. Many, my times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. Job chapter 13, verses 13 through 19. Let me have silence and I will speak, and let come on me what may. I will take my flesh and my teeth and put my life in my hand. See, he will kill me. I have no hope, but I will defend my ways to his face. This will be my salvation, that the godless shall not come before him. Listen carefully to my words, and let my declaration be in your ears. I have indeed prepared my case. I know that I shall be vindicated. Who is there that will contend with me? For then I would be silent and die. Philippians chapter 1, verses 21 through 30. For to me living is Christ, and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which I prefer. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to, is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in faith, so that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that when I come and see you, or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel, and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For for them this is the evidence of their destruction, but of of your salvation. And this is God's doing. For he has graciously granted you the privilege not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well, since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. (music) 
Good morning, and welcome to the fifth Friday of Lent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 31, Job 13, and Philippians 1. It's a rather melancholy set of passages. The psalm is a psalm of lament and of losing hope. And Job, though the passage uh, says what it says uh, specifically the the book of Job uh, is a reminder that bad things befall even the best people um, and that that can feel like there is no meaning to our universe if good people aren't rewarded um, and then finally in the letter to the Philippians we have this line from Paul, I don't know if it appears anywhere else, but it's definitely struck a chord with me given the suicide rate of uh, soldiers and veterans when Paul says, uh, my desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. And I take that as a really kind of blunt, uh, no-holds-barred kind of um, uh, admission that you know not everybody wants to live. Um, and that isn't necessarily uh, this thing that we have to pretend is is horrible, but a lot of people really would prefer to see go to go to God now and just not wait. Um, and uh, I, I also think we we don't really talk about suicide in a way that's healthy and constructive. Um, I still see, you know. Um, news articles where it says someone's dead at blah 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 and they never mention the cause of death and it forces me to wonder you know did they take their own life or not um, I remember when I discovered that uh, there's a veteran that I was stationed with at Bragg um, who later went on to Duke and two years before I got to Duke had committed suicide and I wanted to find out if is his ca- if his case was treated any differently by the university and sure enough, other students, they would, that, uh, well, I had to look up ca- uh, cases where students had died. Um, and there were a, a number of them that never said a cause of death, never said suicide, but kind of made it clear, like, their body was found in their home or, you know, fill in the blank. Um, and we're afraid to talk about that, I think. Um, we're afraid to talk about... Um, you know, hopelessness and despair, um, even, you know, kind of nihilism. And I think it's because we're afraid that it's like a contagion, that if we allow it a foothold, that it will, you know, kind of gain ground and take over. Um, I don't think that's the case, but I suspect that's why we have this reluctance to, to talk frankly about it. Um, and it's also, it's sad. Uh, I don't want... Um, people to believe that that like Paul says that it's better to depart and be with Christ um, there's a certain amount of selfishness in wanting people here with me um, with us um, but that that doesn't really address not not always and maybe not adequately address the cause of that desire to want to be with Christ um, and I say this knowing that many of us have realized just in the last day or two that the the stay-at-home orders and, and quarantining um, 
that's going to go on much longer than you know just a couple of weeks. I didn't want my work when we started um, uh, doing telework. We thought you know it would be just a couple of weeks, and we'll prepare for that, and then afterwards you know kind of play it ear by ear. Um, and now for the most part it will go through April for many states. Um, some states like I want to say Virginia has been pretty upfront there they plan to go through June um, and besides the monotony of of that uh, not having interactions with people outside your household can be really draining and difficult um, and even President Trump mentioned that he thought that suicides will really kind of go up in this time and it may very well be true um, but if we aren't able to talk about how uh, someone gets that point of desiring to be with Christ and, and to to depart uh, being better than to stay here and stick it out. Um, when we can't talk about that, then we, we kind of force people who do feel that way into these kind of dark corners where um, they, they don't, they aren't allowed to, um, you have these conversations and hopefully let off some of that uh, steam that's been building up. Um, and so I really appreciate this this line from Paul. Um, sometimes it just needs to be said that uh, the world that we inhabit sometimes is not something that we want to continue you know, being a part of. Uh, and it's okay to want that. Uh, it's okay to feel hopeless and to... Um, believe momentarily or for some time that what we once believed in and once what we had hope for and hope in um, is fading and we don't know if it'll come back um, and there's also um, in full knowledge that Holy Week and Easter will be spent in, in our own homes and not with people we love there won't be an Easter vigil there won't be um, having friends and family over for Easter egg hunts. Uh, it's going to be your household and video conferencing. And that sucks. I mean, that really, really sucks. This is the highest holiday in the Christian calendar. And we won't be able to be in communi- communion with one another. And that's a really daunting um, realization for someone like me that has a really high liturgical kind of instinct or desire, I guess. Um, and it's okay to, to, um, to know that that's sad and to be sad about it. Um, but I do know that just the, the, the essence of Easter is the resurrection to know that we have hope. Um, even if we don't have it right now, that we will have hope soon. Um, I remember for many years, um, that, during uh, Good Friday and Holy Saturday, the day that Jesus is uh, executed and then the day of nothingness before uh, the resurrection on Easter Sunday, um, I always lamented that people didn't really take Good Friday and Holy Saturday seriously. We always talked about Easter and resurrection, as, as I'm doing now, instead of just sitting in those moments on the, the, the pot shards like Job sat. Uh, we we really don't like to feel like Job did. We really don't want to feel like Paul does when he says that 
to depart and be with Christ is more desirable. And so we skip it. Uh, We skip it and we ignore or um, avoid those people or those places that make us feel that way. And now we have no choice. Uh, Unless we want to endanger our, our health or the health of others, we will have to sit in our homes, the same homes we've been sitting in for two weeks, three weeks, uh, and sit on those pot shards. Um, it is, we can look at it as a tragedy, and it certainly is, but we can also look at it as an opportunity, uh, a liturgical um, reflection on Good Friday and Holy Saturday, and to not know when the resurrection will come, just like the apostles didn't know, to have no hope and to, to not um, get what we want, which is a quick, um, you know, kind of resolution to uh, the quarantine and, and uh, the virus, we won't get it. We have to trust in God and to wait for when the time is right. Um, and we can finally let our guard down a little bit. Um, when, we, uh, when we know that there is life and light at the end of the tunnel, But until then, we have no choice but to wait. And I think that's precisely what Holy Week is about. A prayer for quiet confidence from the Book of Common Prayer. O God of peace, who has taught us that in returning and rest we shall be saved, In quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. By the might of your Spirit, lift us, we pray, to your presence, where we may be still and know that you are God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, You can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.